Dang. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler of rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Made for everybody. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Feast of the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Pump day. <laughs> What's happening? Yes, today is Wednesday hump day, middle of the week. Yes, it is. Let me yes, shout out to is. let me shout out to my daughter again. Yesterday I called it her last dance. It was her last dance in high school. They had a a, a little drive-through uh situation where uh, all the class and their families could, you know, they drive back to the school and all the teachers were out there cheering for them and they get to go around a little loop for the last time. So uh, we did that yesterday. Now, they moved to graduation ceremony back into July, but they just said they did this because the kids finished school last week. So this was the, her last dance yesterday. So it was pretty cool, man. It was it sucked at one time because she didn't get to walk yet, but it was pretty cool that the teachers are trying to do something. They all had on masks, and everybody was waving, beeping their horns. So it was, it was pretty cool. So congratulations again to baby girl. Yeah, you have I mean, to applaud whole... all of them for still trying to make sure they make something happen for the students. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, but they, they doing their best, you know? Yeah, through this whole pandemic, uh, that's who I feel probably, you know, the worst for, the worst for, the worst for in terms of, like, you know, what, what they're missing out on, and that's that's the kids. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because, like, the kids' lives have really been uprooted in a real way. If you started your senior year this year, you didn't think that your senior year was going to end like this. Not I'm sure all. you had a whole plan how your last days in high school would be. I'm I'm sure you didn't think it would be like this. Yeah, and you know I'm you know I'm extra extra careful. I have extra anxiety. I think people know. So like after a couple of the girls had you know little get-togethers with their girlfriends, I'm like, nope, we're going back home. You know, <laughs> like no, you're not going. We, nope, you go. They going where? Nope, 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 nope. We're going back home. But this is supposed to be her last summer. This is where she's supposed to be hanging out with her friends, going to the beach, going to the mall. You know, going to the movies and just having fun. Her last summer before college. Prom? Bro. Did she get prom? prom? She get yeah, prom no, either, no right? prom, no prom, nothing. Mm-hmm. None of that, yeah, that man. That sucks, man. That sucks. So it's pretty that's pretty bad. Very, that's horrible. Yeah, but it's, you know, and now we got to decide if she's going to go to college next year, you know, because, you know, although they sent a letter saying college is going to open in September, August, September, but are they really prepared? Are they just, this a money grab? You know, colleges, schools need money too, but, are, are, you know, are they going to be able to keep the kids six feet away? Are, are they going to be able to, to clean the classes after every class? You know, like those are the things you got to think of. You know, when you, at least when you fly and you get in a plane, between every flight, they clean the plane. Like, are they going to clean the class between every class? You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, listen, September is a long way away. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter will be going to seventh grade, but I don't see myself putting her back in school in September. I don't see it. Right. Not the way my anxiety is set up. Not, not right my now. Parental, not the way my parental paranoia is set up. I can't see her, see, see putting her back in school in, uh, in September. I don't see I it. I see this summer they're doing extra classes for like a month for students. Really? I don't know if you got I just was watching the news this morning. Yes, I saw in New York they were talking about doing extra classes this summer. 
Yeah. Online, of I, course. Online, I don't know. But, you know, my daughter's still taking classes now. She's taking college credits now so she could jump ahead and for the, for the summer. So she has some tests today so that she could possibly use his college credits. But it sucks. But, hey, I mean, it's it could be a lot worse. So we're just, you know, taking it one day we at a time. We could be dead. And, yep. Yeah, and that is true. So dead. shout out to all the graduates of 2020 dealing with the same thing and all the parents trying to make the best out of the situation. Ah, but let's get the show cracking, all right? Front page news, what are we talking about next? Yeah, it could be worse. And we'll talk about people who actually have to evacuate right now in central Michigan. All right. Also, and we got a, a special guest joining us today, right? No? I yes. forgot who's joining Will us. Will Packer will I'm be about. joining us, man. Will Packer. Will Packer. <laughs> Listen, I forgot. It's all a blur, man. We'll I, get tired of joining us. I get tired of Zooms. You know how much Zooms we do? You're like, who you did we talk both. to? We talked to so many goddamn people on Zoom. I'm tired of Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I don't want to Zoom, 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 and a boom, boom, boom no more. Okay? Well, Will Packer has a new documentary on Quibi called Blackballed. So he's going to be talking about that. It's all about Donald Sterling and mm-hmm. what happened with the Clippers. I thought it was Zoom, 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 and a boom, boom, not a boom, boom. Does it matter? No, yeah, it's a bunch of grown point. men saying, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, come on, a bunch of grown men are saying, zoom, 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 boom, 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 zoom, 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 boom, 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 boom. Does it really matter which one it is? All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Gee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, ye? Well, let's start with Danny Green, and he's talking about how the Lakers are running their practice facility during coronavirus. He was on the most recent episode of Load Management, and here's what he said happens. I got tested beforehand and do the swab. Come in the facility, you have to wear your workout gear as you come in. So the shoes that you have on, um, you have to take off at the door. They give you flip-flops, they leave it at the front. You sanitize your hands, sanitize your phone, etc. Um, and then you walk in with the flip-flops that they give you. And whatever the schedules that they give you, that's where you start. So I start in the training room. I'll go start in the training room and get treatment. You have, your, you have to wear your mask. They give us masks beforehand. Once you're done with that, you have your time in the weight room or on the court, however it is, vice versa. But you have to be, when you're working with the training, you're not supposed to be touching, so be 12 feet apart. Um, the players, you're allowed to take your mask off if you can't work out with the mask. Um, but the trainers, staff, everybody has masks on. Yeah, the one thing that worries me about that is that he says they work out with mask on. Are they going to be required to play with the mask on? No, no, there's no way. Well, he there's said no that you can take it off if you can't breathe with it on. Yeah, there's no way. You ever try to run with that mask or do something with that mask physical? Yes. You get yeah. it more I have time. to always, when I'm running, I always have to pull it up. When I, and then when I run past somebody, I have to pull it back down for that moment, and then I put it right yeah, back but, up. If they're saying that, you know, the best way to keep the uh, disease from transmitting is to wear a mask, and then they're making them... Wear them in practice. Will they at least tell the players, like, look, try to play with the mask no. first? That's impossible. I don't they know. can't. They Maybe. can't. No way. No way. They've done it before. They right. wear masks before when they break their noses and stuff like that. Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't cover their mouth, though, where they can't breathe through their mouth, right? I don't know. A couple of players wore the full yeah, mask, but, they... but most of them wear the half mask to cover just the nose. But a couple wore yeah, the full, full face mask before. But don't yeah. they have it cut out so you could breathe, like, through your mouth? That is it doesn't true. cover do, your mouth. Yeah, no, they do yeah. have a cutout where you can breathe. Yeah, they know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they, a Jason mask they, where it has a cutout that you can breathe. take your. He said you could take your mask off if you can't breathe with it on, but they're not playing against each other, so they all have like different times that they can go and work out. All right, now thousands of people had to evacuate as a river dam broke in central Michigan. They had to evacuate about 10,000 people. The governor said that one downtown could be under approximately nine feet of water. 
by today. This was in Midland County. This was breaking news this morning. Mm-hmm. Michigan Gover- Governor Gretchen said downtown Midland, which is a city of about 42,000 people, uh, they've all had to, they're getting orders to evacuate. And they're saying in the next 12 to 15 hours, could be pretty bad. I was looking at the footage of that online and cars floating by. It's a state of emergency right now for Midland County. And residents that are threatened by the flooding have to find a place to stay with friends or relatives. This is particularly bad because we are, of course, in the middle of a pandemic. So how is social distancing going to happen when this emergency is happening at the same time? That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I was thinking All about right, that when it- I read that story. I was like, where did they evacuate to? Like, where did they yeah, go? Yeah, they were told to go to friends, relatives, houses, but that's not really what we're being told to do. Of, yeah, right. go pile up on top of each other when you're supposed to be social distancing. Okay. <laughs> now, they have a new development. Coronavirus could soon be detected, they said, by sneezing onto the phone. If the virus is present, there's DNA strands in the center that would bind to the virus proteins, which would trigger electrical resistance that signals a positive test then the sensor would change color or visually indicate the presence of coronavirus. So you'd have to sneeze on your phone? Yep. Mm. Into the phone's that charging the port. Unsa- <laughs> That's the most unsanitary thing in the goddamn world. 90% <laughs> of y'all don't wipe your phones down now. You go to the grocery store and you go to all these essential places and you touch all over your freaking phone. Most of y'all don't wipe your phone down now. That's the most unsanitary thing in the world. Yeah, plus I don't know that I can make myself sneeze. Yeah, no. That's going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Suave Hall. From the Dykeman Projects uptown. Um, first, I just want to comment on the comedian, Ira Rodriguez. Ida. Okay. What about What's him? going on? That's the homie. First, I want to commend all of you guys. Special shout out to you guys that keep this show going and, you know, keep us optimistic in the changes that's going on out there. I thank you for keeping us abreast of all. Mm-hmm. So, Miss mm-hmm. Rodriguez, you know, she mentioned about. Our communities trying to come together, black and brown, mm-hmm. so-called black and brown communities coming together. But my point is that um, given this label of black and brown, that alone is preaching separation, man. You know, that alone is preaching separation. Um, I called up you guys a while back, man, because y'all had an ongoing joke. And thank you for letting me get through that day, too. But, um, you know, at first I wasn't going to call you guys. But then you guys mentioned CC having a celebrity game at Yankee Stadium. And I CC's said to myself, yeah, last year, yep. mm-hmm. thank you. So then I said to myself, man, I remember you guys, after I called up you guys, I remember y'all mentioned last year, ironically, about CC game. And Charlemagne and my man, and VO was going back and forth on the statement of, oh, I thought CC was black. I, no, I thought CC was Dominican. And, you know, and he told Charlemagne, no, no. He's black. He's black. And you, you said, oh, I thought he was, he, I thought he was Dominican all this time. And my point is, why couldn't he be both, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can. Why couldn't he be both? He can. I just don't think he is. I think yeah. he's black. <laughs> but it's like Charlemagne calls me Dominican. Yeah. I'm, I'm black. It's like, Afro, I, Afro-Latino. Oh, no. Afro-Latino is the term. I'm, I'm black. But I could have been both, but that's just yeah, what look. it is. I can't, look. I can't make it up. I can't change it. 
I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying it could start with us, man. It could start with us. Because why are we subject to where the landowners brought us? Where the slave owners brought us? Why are we subject to be defined where the slave owners brought us to, man? You know, like my one of my buddies at my job, my man Rich from Uptown, he was like, you know, we was all sitting around, and you know how, unfortunately, we use the word, the N-word. And he was like, yo, I'm a Porter, I'm a Spanish nigga. I'm a Spanish nigga. I said, yo, Rich, if you a Spanish nigga, why am I not an English nigga? Y'all understand what I'm saying, man. Let's stop preaching separation. Like the lady Rodriguez said, she says she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. She says yeah, she's I, black. I think, I think we you all could got say, the same um, DNA, man. Yeah, if I was you, if I was if I was doing your argument, I would just say let's stop preaching separation. Everything else you're saying is kind of yeah, confusing me, it, but yeah, I get the gist of what you want. Yeah, we get the gist it. of what I, you want is let's stop preaching separation. Absolutely. Hey, look, look, thank you so much. But my thing is, I know I had <laughs> short time, man. I know I had short time. I know people be calling up y'all with all. Oh, you went way over the time. Don't worry, bro. Y'all bro. give them all day, man. People be calling up talking nonsense. Y'all give them all day to talk. We gave you it's all, all day love, too, my brother. It's all love, man. Thank you. And you're right, man. We got to stop the divide, brother. Gracias for the phone call. Oh boy, <laughs> you just can't. You just can't just let it go. Huh? What you Get it mean? off your chest. Thank you. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm telling. I'm call, calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hey, what's up? Get it off hey, your chest. Whatever, what's going on? My name is Romeo. I'm like you know, over here in Toronto. And are you guys aware that you are now doing the Toronto Morning Show? We are, are we aware? aware? What kind of dumbass yeah, question is that? Know. And I, don't, I mean that in a respectful way. But seriously. Why would, why would we not be aware? Well, what I'm saying is yesterday being the first day you guys did the show, here in Toronto, hearing Good Morning America, and then a lot of the content that was played is a lot of Toronto artists, and it's just like, you guys are now doing another country's morning show, and there's just no really acknowledgement of Toronto and, you know. No, nah, you're absolutely right. You like, are absolutely right. So, good morning, yeah, Toronto, so right. and yes, you're absolutely you're correct. Right. There's going to be no more Good Morning America without saying Good Morning can Toronto. We say, can we say Good Morning America plus one? No, we got to say Good Morning Toronto. <laughs> Well, good morning, we say, No, no. Good morning, America, plus the, plus six, right? Plus the plus six. six. You know, the I mean, six. The plus the six. So last night I did, a, um, I did a live, and then I actually reached out to them. I emailed you guys. Because I was like, you know, you guys are going to come in here doing whatnot. And, you know, just you know, like the Toronto culture and the Toronto slang that we got going on. Because you hear it also in a lot of American music, where they often say, um, I'm not from Canada, but I see a lot of things. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of the Toronto uh, slang definitely is going on hot now. Yeah, I do. You know, it's so funny. I see Toronto. I, I see Toronto listeners. They be very upset. You know what I'm saying? But I would I would say to them, you know, what what if Americans were upset about Toronto music artists? We embrace Toronto music artists. We give Toronto Absolutely. music artists a chance. So you should give American radio a chance. Brothers, you know what I mean? What if we? Drake, what if we? Yeah. Justin, what if we? What if we just hated? Can... Yeah. Canada. We've embraced, like, we're a byproduct of the United States. Like, it's like Toronto's always waiting, oh, what's America doing? What's America doing? And I do agree that Canada, we need to support our own. You know what I mean? Like, we have Drake, mm-hmm. we have Tory Lanez, we have Justin Bieber, uh, The Weeknd, and Nav. However, we have a lot of dope Toronto artists that are coming up. Right. Joe Rich, one of Drake's artists. But none of those artists would be who they are without America. 
Oh, man, come on now. What about Mike so fresh West? What about Cardinal Fischel? That's my guy, Cardi. Cardinal Fischel. Listen, all, everybody you just named had massive success and became superstars in America. You have to admit that. Of course, because America is looked at as the epitome of if you, if you make it in America, then boom, you've made it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we live in a pulp slash alternative country, whereas America, it's like, it's, it's hip-hop, it's country, it's rock and roll. You know what I mean? Over here, it's like, nah, you know, hip-hop is nice, but we love our pop and alternative music. All, all, all I'm saying is we got love for Toronto, and we hope Toronto has love for us. <laughs> Toronto, Toronto, man, Toronto the ain't. last T is silent. <laughs> Man, well, listen, Toronto has to understand that I don't know how to pronounce nothing. They didn't need that to get true. used to that. That okay, is true. So shut well, up. Tell Everybody tell shut up. Be, right. Tell us who we should be paying attention to, who we don't know, and then I'll look it up after. Um, well, I mean, there's I mean, there's cats like Roy Woods. Um, y'all already who know don't know Roy Woods? Here. People, we know you Daniel know Caesar? Woods? Yes, Roy Woods and Daniel Caesar. All my little youngins is up on Roy Woods. All I'm simply saying is, um, you know, Toronto, give us, give, give, give the Breakfast Club a chance the same way America gives all Toronto artists a chance. Yes. <laughs> Toronto, good morning. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Nayi, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and since we were talking about graduations this morning and proms and all of those good things, we'll give you some class of 2020 things that are going to be going down. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. So since we've been talking about all these things being delayed or maybe not happening at all, Alicia Keys went on Twitter and she talked about her prom date, Russ Jones. That's our friend Russ Jones also. He works at RCA. That was her prom date? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. You got to see the throwback picture she posted. She said, I went to my prom with one of my closest guy friends, brothers. I am Russ Jones. I've known him since kindergarten and I know him to this day. She said, but a group of us decided to go as homies. We rented some kind of limo or maybe we just walked. Honestly, I can't remember. How about that red purse, though? Who does a red dress and a red purse? In the end, we had fun. For those who couldn't have prom this year, I send you love and light, and I promise there will be so many more parties to come. Not no prom, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, some people are trying to delay it. <laughs> a lot of people didn't even go to their prom, too. I'll tell you that. My best friend in high school, she didn't go to the prom because she got caught sneaking in the house uh, right before the prom. I guess she had went out with uh, her boyfriend, and then her mom caught her, so she didn't end up going to the prom. I know a lot of people who I, sat it out, so. I, I went to two different proms, and I wasn't even in high school no more. I had been long gone, kicked out of high school, uh, getting my diploma in night school, and still went to two proms. Went to one prom with my now wife and another prom with uh, with another young lady I used to date. Yeah, I went to two proms. at the same time. I went to my prom. What? You said what? <laughs> I was dating them at the same time. It was back in the day, you know Goodness what I'm saying? gracious, you dirt. 98, when, 90, 99 was a wild year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I went to my prom and Gia's prom, but the same year? Did you wear the same tux? Uh, well, no, 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 no. I went 99 and 2000. Yep, oh, I went good. 99 and 2000. Makes it a little better. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, YouTube Originals. They have announced that special virtual commencement ceremony for the class of 2020. And it is amazing. Some of the lineup they have, first of all, uh, Barack and Michelle will be delivering separate speeches. And then there'll be a joint speech with them for the seniors. Also, BTS, Lady Gaga, uh, Condoleezza Rice, Alicia Keys, Chloe and Halle, Kelly Rowland, Kerry Washington, Zendaya, 
uh, Beyonce, J-Lo, Lizzo, Doja Cat, and more will be on hand for this virtual commencement ceremony. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's hey, listen, no more, no more politicizing these uh, kids' commencement speeches, man. When you do these commencement speeches at these graduations and you, you're talking to the graduates, all you politicians, former politicians, no more uh, using that as, as, as uh, opportunities to take shots at other politicians. That's, they can that's, say, Go that's not what no. this is about. They can say, make sure yeah, you, you can, vote, though. Yeah, you can say that, but they're saying a lot more than that. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now. Like, knock it off. It's not about All right, that. Babyface has announced a new date for his Waiting to Exhale special that he was supposed mm-hmm. to be doing on Mother's Day. And he also shared a secret about writing a song for Tony Braxton. So here's what he had to say. 25 years ago or so, I sat down with my guitar and started to write a song for Tony Braxton and the Waiting to Exhale movie project. Now, when you're writing a song for Tony... You kind of got to write in a specific way. So I'd like to share a little secret on how to write a song for Tony Braxton. First, you need a glass of water. Second, take a sip and swallow, but leave a little at the bottom of your mouth. This way, they won't completely understand the words you're singing. Third, sing with lots of emotion. First thing I want to be water, I want to pack my tears away. Now, what does that mean? Oh. I was a little confused. You leave a little water so you can't, people can't understand what you're saying? Like, I was lost. Oh, no. I guess he was trying to mimic how Tony Braxton sings, and maybe that's the only way he can do it. But they said he was just poking fun. That's his longtime friend. So he's, kind, you know, just joking around. I seen Tamar respond. Yeah. I wasn't sure what she said, though. Inside jokes between friends hit different because we on the outside looking in, be trying to figure out what they saying, and we be like, "Why are you saying that to her? Why are you saying that to him? You think that that would be offensive, but you don't know how they joke. They friends, been friends for a long time, right? All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, we'll be talking about what are you doing in the practice facilities for the NBA? How is it going down? We'll tell you what one NBA player has to say he does when he goes to practice. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Mm. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front yes, page we are. news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, in more indications that it looks like the NBA could be coming back, you know, a lot of people are returning to their practice facilities. And Danny Green talks about what it's like with the Lakers. I got tested beforehand and do the swab. Come in the facility, you have to wear your workout gear as you come in. So the shoes that you have on, um, you have to take off at the door. They give you flip-flops, they leave it at the front. You sanitize your hands, sanitize your phone, etc. Um, and then you walk in with the flip-flops that they give you. And whatever the schedules that they give you, that's where you start. So I start in the training room. I'll go start in the training room with the treatment. You have, your, you have to wear your mask. They give us masks beforehand. Once you're done with that, you have your time in the weight room or on the court, however it is, vice versa. But you have to be, when you're working with the training, you're not supposed to be touching, so it's be 12 feet apart. Um, the players, you're allowed to take your mask off if you can't work out with the mask. Um, but the trainer, staff, everybody has masks on. Well, that's good news because it's time for the NBA to come back because ESPN has gotten all they can out of the last dance. It's over. No it's more over. milking they need that some stuff. No more milking that carton. No more toothpaste in that tube. Time to move on. I watched that ABC special last night. And How was it? I, it was, I mean, it's the same old, same old. It's kind of, it was, right. I felt like it was kind of a waste of my time. You know what I mean? It's like I see Stephen A. Smith do this every day on first take. Maybe mm-hmm. it's for the people who didn't watch the documentary right. on ESPN. It's a long time. You know it was saying? 10 hours. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Him breaking it down was, was good. So, it was, it was kind of a summary of all of that. But, you know, I already saw all of that. It wasn't nothing nothing new for me. But it's, it's, it's time to move on. Right. 
All right, now let's talk about Canada and the U.S. border. It's going to remain closed for another month. They just extended that for at least another 30 days. Mm -hmm. That agreement was extended at first in April by 30 days. It was supposed to expire May 21st. But now they are saying that they are agreeing together to uh, keep that closed because of the threat of coronavirus cases. And everybody is completely open to extending that closure as well. So it looks like we'll be extended until the 21st. And that's when Canada might reopen to international visitors. Trudeau said the government is making decisions week to week based on a rapidly changing situations. So good morning, everybody in Toronto. As we are good morning, on there Toronto. now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What did that mean right. for Drake in the weekend and those guys? Did they quarantine in uh, in, in, in T-Dot in the 6th or are they quarantined here in America? Hmm. Inquiring minds um, would like to know. It probably depends which house he wants to be at, right? Yeah, because he has a couple of them. All remember, right, Tor- now, Donald- remember, uh, remember, I thought uh, Tory was in Miami at one time. Oh, I think he's in L.A. at one time doing the quarantine radio. I think he's going Tory's back been- and forth. Tori's been in several different places, and every different place he goes, he changes his hairstyle. For every different place Tori goes, he puts on a new wig, a new trap. Same for business purposes, you can travel still. So I guess if you have permission and it's a business purpose, but not just for leisure. Gotcha. Uh, All right, Donald Trump is defending his use of hydroxychloroquine yet again. As you know, a lot of doctors have come forward and they've actually said they're even saying you should not be using hydroxychloroquine unless you're uh, in a hospital and it's monitored. But here is Donald Trump still defending his use. I've worked with doctors, and uh, if you look at the one survey, the only bad survey, they were giving it to people that were in very bad shape. Now, if you look at some of the reports that came out from Italy, that came out from France, that came out from other... A lot of our frontline workers take it. Plus, it doesn't hurt people. It's been out on the market for 60 or 65 years for malaria, lupus, and other things. I think it gives you an additional level of safety, but you can ask many doctors are in favor of it. And so, again, this is an individual decision to make. Yeah, I wouldn't take any of that stuff without consulting a doctor. But once yeah. again, uh, I've said this a million times, I do know two people who are in really bad shape, like making out their wills bad shape, and they mm-hmm. took it. And they said it saved them. So do but with it that information hospital, what you right? will. It was definitely at the hospital. That's why I started off by saying I wouldn't take any of that stuff without consulting the doctor. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. He's saying that he's been taking it every week and he's still uh, promoting this. But this is not something you can just take at home as it can cause some serious conditions, especially for your heart. So, you know, there you have it. <laughs> All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got uh, Will Packer joining us. He has a new docu uh, series on Quibi, right? It's called Blackball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're gonna kick it with him. You know him, uh, director of uh, and Girls Trip, a producer, director and producer, Girls Trip, Ride Along, and and a host of others. So Will yeah, Packer will be joining us. Black, Black- Blackboard is good because it's the story of uh, Donald Sterling when Donald Sterling uh, made all of those racist comments and mm-hmm. they basically kicked him out of the league and took his goddamn team from him. Right. But it's so more we'll- about the players and people you haven't heard from from behind the scenes on what was actually happening because uh, it was a time when Blake Griffin was there, but he'll tell you all about it. All right. Will Packer, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line, friend to the room, Mr. Will Packer. Welcome, sir. What up, family? What's good, y'all? What's going on? I'm a- good know, to see you, man. It's good to be seen. It's good to see y'all. You know, it's crazy. Like during this time, I almost feel like as 
as counterintuitive as it is, like we're closer, like yeah. in a weird way, because like we're in each other's homes. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm certainly mm-hmm. watching more social media, seeing what cats are doing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's weird. It's just it feels like even though we're obviously more separated than ever, I just feel like a closeness to us, to my people, to the folks that you know. I, I just I didn't never pay that much attention to Envy's IG before. Now I'm like, you know, he go live. I'm like, let me see what Envy doing. Let me see what, you know, what matters. I saw, you, I saw he opened up for you, DJ. Up, you know what I'm saying? See what my girl Yee is up to. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird kind of community because we're all in the same boat and we all still kind of connected even though we're not. I don't know. I saw Envy was opening yeah. for you as a DJ. First of all. This is a time where everybody is a motivational speaker. Oh, no. You know we all at home. So my, wife, <laughs> my wife's dog. Hey, baby. Suki, go in there with your mom. Go in there. I'm sorry. I'm messing. This is, this is, y'all see Suki? This is my wife's dog right here. Uh, hey, Suki. Sorry, y'all. Hold on. Let me go get Suki. <laughs> oh, he, he had well, on underwear. Had, well, Will Patty, well, he had no pants on. He had no pants on. And Will, Will, why you got to dry in your office? Why is that a dryer you sitting in? Why you got to dry in your office? What are you talking about? You talking about this? That's not a dryer? No, that's not a dryer. Yo, don't come for my crib. Don't, don't do that, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I dare each and every one of y'all to pan around your rooms right now. It's probably some madness the, going I'm, on. I'm in the business. My room is nice really to me. Mine is crazy. Okay. I got five kids, man. That mine is crazy. All right, all right, all right. Uh... But, yeah, no, okay, so, yeah, so, all right, during this time, right, everybody's doing shit they're not supposed to do. Y'all know how it is. So, everybody's a motivational speaker. Everybody is a host. I done seen so many uh, Instagram <laughs> live talk shows. Everybody Lord is a fitness guru, and mm-hmm. everybody is a DJ. Y'all know how it is. Athletes, athletes want to rap. Rappers want to act. Actors want to DJ, like you know. I, why should I miss out on the crave? So yes, right, have some fun. Yes, yeah. I'm in. I'm in the crib. I already had like the like back at FAMU. I was like the 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 radio, you know, DJ guy. So, but not a real DJ. Make no mistake. But I got the system at my crib. So this is just let me. That's how I yeah. blow off my steam. My wife. You've done this before. You have. He had a whole DJ setup <laughs> at the crib. I just have one yeah. little controller. He had Maybe. speakers and lights flashing. I said, what Maybe. is this? You've done this before. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for quarantine. I've been waiting my whole life. I've been waiting my whole life. For a global pandemic, bro. I've been waiting. Now, y'all don't understand. He was playing music. He had sets. He had DJ seen sets. I seen, well, I, seen, I, seen, I seen, I think, I don't know if it was, it was you and your wife. And y'all just having yeah, yeah. a party randomly. Right. Just y'all two. Yep. Dude, that's us. That's us. And the, the, the awful thing or the great thing is that Literally, that's kind of, that's us. Like, that really, we decided to go live, but I really do have a situation in my basement so I could throw house parties because we're very social. And I invite each and every one of y'all next time you're in the A, when we get outside, mm-hmm. come through. And so we will literally go downstairs, throw on a drink, and, and I'll mess around on turntables, throw on the little lights in the club, and we will have a party because, it's be- you know, we grown, man. We old. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I'm looking like it's standing going to the club with it standing on couches next to like I love it. you know, little this Uzi rapper Migo, like, <laughs> come on, man. 
So that's our grown folks' time. Sometimes we have other people over, sometimes just us. So. Well, yeah. I'm glad that's what it was because I thought you were celebrating the fact because I know you done bought your season tickets because your Bucks think they're going to the Super Bowl this year because they got goddamn Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. You hear all that flick? You hear all that hate in, in Charlie Hayes' <laughs> flick? Let me tell you something. You never saw somebody that wishes a season wouldn't happen like Charlamagne right now? Yo, you want this season to get canceled so bad? Dude, I, it would be the most buck thing ever for the season not to happen this year. So right. I need it to happen. Damn it. I need it. Yo, real talk. It looks like it will happen. It looks like it nah, will happen. Nah, yeah, it's we'll going to happen. It, it, it's going to happen. Like, I'm, dude, NBA is going to happen. Watch what I tell you. Like, it's going to. NBA, yeah. End of this month. Version, yeah. So by the time, NFL is in a great spot because everybody would have worked out and gotten used to it. Worked out the kinks and gotten used to it all. But uh, me, and, uh, me and my guy, Gary Sheffield, shout out to my home team. You know, y'all know Chef, um, you know, uh, uh, baseball legend. As soon as it happened, me and him went in on a suite at the at the Tampa Bay uh, Ray J Stadium. Nice. So I will be at every Bucks game. See that? What I tell you? What? <laughs> what? What? I mean, come on. What you expect? <laughs> now, well, what if you're working? You can't go to the game if you're working, right? Yeah, I will be at every. <laughs> let me repeat. I will be at every Bucks home game. You know what I'm saying? So I will have to fly back. And you know it's crazy because. Because of how the quarantine is working, there are certain places where you're able to shoot like sooner than others, mm-hmm. and, um, and and you know Georgia potentially is one. Tyler Perry is trying to get his studio reopened, but one of the places recently we've been talking about is actually Iceland because really? there is, it, it, there's a studio in Iceland they're shooting right now. It's a it's a small country. It's isolated. Their rates are super super low in terms of COVID. And so they, if they allow foreigners in, they actually, because there's a big stage there, they actually could be one of the places that people are looking at. And I'm looking at. I got a project right now I'm looking at. So I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I can fly back to Tampa from Iceland if I end up over there. But I'm going to do the best I can. Before we get into Black Bart, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. Do you think it's over in the meantime for the L.A.s of the world as far as, like, you know, TV production, film production? Or even New York, too. Over, like, like. What do you mean? Just in like, just in the meantime, like as far as you know, filming, TV production, film production over there. When you think that'll get started again? It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, like everything shut completely down now. California is tricky um, because a lot of the models. So here's what's happening behind the scenes. Everybody in in Hollywood, like a lot of industries, are running through all these models of what it would look like for us to shoot. Right? Mm-hmm. What do we have to do? Do we have to sequester people? You know, do we have to test? every day, every other day, um, what are the protocols that would be on set? So everybody's got all these different models, you know, my company included. And in California, there are some challenges with the laws because there's a law in the books in California that if you work for, you can't have an employee um, stay overnight without paying them for 24 hours. And this was something that I believe was put in place so that people wouldn't take advantage of immigrants. California has a big immigrant population, and so, you know, you had nail salons at one time that were forcing the employees to, like, sleep, you know, in a room in the salon Mm -hmm. and then stay up, you know, and work the same. They didn't have anywhere else to go, so they were, like, a lot of the salon owners were taking advantage of them. So there's a law that would make it difficult for my industry to quarantine people without paying them for 24 hours, which would be cost prohibitive. Um, There is a... um, there's a, there's a producer named Jason Blum. Blum does all the horror movies, um, mm-hmm. you know, The Purge and, and stuff like that is what he's known for. 
he's looking to try to shoot a movie in July. So the first two people up shooting are Tyler Perry in Atlanta and, and Blum is trying to do one in California. We will see. It's, it's the Wild Wild West, Charlamagne. That's the answer is that we don't know. Yeah. Um, we try to figure it out. That's the real answer. All right, we got more with Will Packer. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Will Packer. Yee. People are doing, like, Zoom shows in quarantine now also. I see a lot of that happening as they're trying to figure out what kind of content can we bring. What do you think about What do y'all think about the stuff, like, the content? I hate it. Yeah. I, I hate Zoom. I hate like talking I to you dating. via Zoom right now. Will. I see dating shows coming on the Zoom. You know, we're doing Revolt on... I just Something think it's too different. many people doing them now. I'm just tired of them. It, it, yeah. You see them, you see them too much. I'm with y'all. I'm I'm with I'm kind of with Charlemagne on the hate level, only because like I'm doing <laughs> so many of like you know my industry Hollywood feels like you got to be like if you ain't doing something, even if you run it in place, they like you got to be doing something. Come on, we got to right. be. So I literally have like six, seven zooms a day. You know what I mean? So like like this one is dope because I like you know we talking, we vibing, whatever, but. Like business meetings every day on Zoom. But I'll be honest with you guys, I think this is not going away anytime soon. Even once we reopen, travel is going to be down. Like Mm -hmm. I live in Atlanta. I got offices in L.A. and New York. I guarantee you I probably will not be traveling as much as I did prior to. And I hear a lot of executives saying that same thing because we are getting things done. Like this This is our new reality, y'all. I even say it to the record labels, do you really need an office? I mean, because everybody's working at home, and you just need a space to see the artists. Other than that, you save all that money on, on, on rent. Literal conversations being had right now across, certainly across the Hollywood industries, like, do we need, you know what I mean, assistance in cubicles? Do we need, you know, support staff at a front desk and big offices, corner offices? Like, all of that is being discussed right now. Absolutely. And and right. I think it's gonna be different. I really do. You don't you don't come out of something like this, this major, and things just go back to normal. Like it's just right. it's not right. right. so we will all be changed and, and in some ways for the better from this. But certainly the way we interact, the way we work, the way we produce, the way we treat will be different. I don't think that the the Zoom show, the everybody at home show, like that's not you watch content because you watch be aspirational, like how the world should be or could be, or you want to learn something, you want to be, you know, enthused and, and, um, you know, you want to feel something. There's something that's sterile about this, you know what I mean? Something that's not quite as engaging. It's not what you, you know, you pay your money to see. You want Hollywood to present a a bigger than life for you, you know? And this is is a little too real, what we can do for now, but I don't (laughs) know. Now, one thing I do like, Will, I do like the movies on demand. I love the fact that I can watch certain movies that are coming out in theaters on demand. That I do like. That's not going to change, sir. You're going to have more of that, I assure you. Okay. Uh, Theaters will reopen, and people will go back to theaters. But Mm -hmm. what Charlamagne is talking about, um, we call that uh, PVOD, premium VOD, right? And so in... um, uh, all right, we know at Netflix and, and Amazon, all those, those are um, like, we call that like buffet streaming, right? And so you go and pay one thing a month and you get all these movies. What's going to start happening now is like what we saw with Trolls and some other movies that have recently come out, you will have high-level movies that previously would have been in the theater that will be available to you at home. And you can right. go and you can say, I'm going to pay 19.99 and watch mm-hmm. that new 
Will Packer joint, you know what I mean, from home. Like, that is going to be much more of a reality now. I think that makes more sense. I mean, especially it's safer. I mean, if I can get a movie and I don't have to go to the movie theater and I can still purchase it at the house, the family could watch it and it's safer and I don't have to worry about paying, you know, overpriced popcorn and overpriced sodas and, and that way I don't I could watch a movie without wearing a mask. I think it makes more sense. It's not going away. I feel like theaters have already kind of made a pivot because I see a lot more of the theaters where you have like the uh, kind of bed type of scenario and then you could order food and drinks from your seat and stuff like that. We didn't really have those in New York, but now we have those type of theaters like I pick theaters and all of that because they're figuring out how to make money without having to fill up as many seats. And you're saying that you think that's a good thing? Like you're more inclined to go to the theater because the experience has been made better? I like that experience. I like that experience. I agree. I think people... I think people will go to theaters for the blockbusters. That's like the it. big, big joints. The yep. bar has been raised. For a theatrical movie, it has to be something that feels like a spectacle, feels huge, mm-hmm. feels like something that you can't see anywhere else. And then movies that, um, you know, perhaps are smaller, not big tentpole movies, you know, some of them still be in the theaters. Like, I expect to still have movies in theaters, but I expect to also have movies that, you know, people will be able to watch at home. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, right. um, uh, your, your, your show that you're here to talk about blackballed, right? So you're sitting there watching The Last Dance, and you see these commercials pop up, and you're like, oh, sh-t. this is a good follow-up. I mean, The Last Dance is, you know, that's a high bar, but, like, this is a good follow-up, this story. Then I'm like, oh, sh-t, it's on Quibi. Now I got to order Quibi? Listen, it's interesting because coming off Last Dance, which was very well made, just, I mean, I know mm-hmm. you guys, everybody loved it, but mm-hmm. even as a filmmaker, like, watching the way they shaped the narrative, the way they played with time, and the way that they told the stories, it was, it was really well done. That's hard. It's hard to tell yeah. that much, um, you know, even though it was tit up, like it was still a lot of story and you got to tell in a way to keep people engaged. And so I just, it was really well done. But I'll be honest with you guys, I'm proud of this joint. This, this yeah. joint is good, man. This is like, so it's the story of the 2014 Clippers and it is the story of how Donald Sterling, their owner at the time, got caught on tape with his girlfriend. Uh, he was married, he had his mistress. And he got caught on tape saying a bunch of crazy stuff about uh, the black players, about black people, about Magic Johnson. And it happened right before the Clippers were scheduled to play their playoff game against the Golden State Warriors. And it was such an interesting time because, you know, the Clippers were like really just starting to be relevant. This is Chris Mm -hmm. Paul. This is, you know, Matt Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Blake Griffin. You know, this is J.J. Reddick. This is that team that was just starting to make some noise. No longer Doc Rivers. Just, Doc, Doc had just come from, from Boston, you know what I mean? And so it was it was a great time for them. And mm-hmm. I was joking about the Bucks. It was the most Clipper thing ever that they <laughs> finally get relevant. Right. And now, mm-hmm. damn it, something that is – the players had nothing to do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jamel Hill, who's in our doc, says a great quote, which is, when racist things happen, it's often the victims that are tasked with fixing it. What are mm-hmm. you going right. to do? And so it's the mm. first time you ever heard the story of the behind the scenes of how it all went down. The players never got a chance to tell their story. It also is about power. And that's something that I know this group can appreciate. The behind the scenes power in a billion dollar industry and how things happen. How it got to the point that you had an owner that was banned for life and then removed. This was very difficult. This is not something yeah. you'll just take things from rich white people. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like their things. They like their mm-hmm. things. They own them. They bought them. And this country supports them with that. 
And you had a lot of owners, and we go into that, who said, yo, this is a slippery slope. That was a private conversation. Just because he said something in private that people don't like, you can't just, you know, take a person's team away. And Adam Silver, the commissioner, was new on the job. He was literally months on the job. Now he's got one of the owners that he works for, got caught doing something crazy. Now everybody's looking at him like, what are you going to do, right? And it was the first time ever you had an owner get banned for life. We show how power works in these Mm -hmm. kinds of circles and um, brought it all together. All right, we got more with Will Packer. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Nobody jumps. Let's go. I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving that whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shit. I'm a hot. Oh, you asking for pictures with what? What's your name? Got the spot. Trying to figure which deal I'm going to take. I woke up a couple meal on my plate. Let's eat. I'm investing in real estate. I just went and gave my mama a hundred. Probably won't hear me open my mouth unless you hear me talking about finding some money. Let's go. As soon as I found that, I flipped that. I'm a little bit different, they get it. They no, I'm stiff on the bitch, she dig. Trying to find out why baby ain't all in the mentions. No, she ain't get no DM from me. This wrist it ain't free. She be throwing that, yeah, she good at it. Turn around when we fuck, make her look at it. Uh, she like, ha. I needed some shit with some bop in it. Uh, I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving, that whip had a cop in it. Okay. My bitch got good fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli, I did it legitly. I'm still with the shit, I'm a hot. Let's I'm on other docks than the motherfucker. Hey, when you gon' switch the flow? I thought you never asked. They fuck with me and ain't about what the f they be rapping about what they look scary. But to each his own. If you like it, I love it. No big, no fee. That boy say he get money. Oh, really? How much they just cut you a check for a million? I'm going back to Cali like big. Go back. About to go get a pound just to smoke. I smoke. They told me to come work on my album. I'm trying to go find out the price on the boat. Okay. My little like Megan the Stallion. She get her with nasty. She driving the boat. Drive the boat. All this that they making be born. Let me something to buy while I ride with the pole. Here you go. Uh, okay. okay. I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving. That whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shit. I'm a hot. I'm hot. I needed some shit with some okay, bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerving. That whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shit. I'm a hot. Oh, you asking for pictures with n- What's your name? Got the spot. Bigger which deal I'm going to take. I woke up a couple million on my Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Will Packer. Yee. So, Will, when I was watching your documentary, Blackballed, you know what I was thinking? And I know this has been a conversation. Just the term owner. Even saying the team's owner or ownership and, and changing even that word, because I know they've said in the documentary, in the docuseries, that he treated the players like cattle and he yep. really felt like he owned them. Yep. And so what other words, like, do you think that's something that would be a consideration, just changing the word from, like, owner to something else? I think it has to be. Absolutely. It's antiquated. And you can't have that, the optics of that, when you have primarily all white men and, uh, and a heavy predominance of black players and you call somebody an owner, that uh, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never really worked, but it certainly doesn't work with the way that we perceive ourselves as a society. We like to think that we are, you know, at least before Trump, a lot of people thought we were post-racial. Racial issues are right at the forefront. 
and race and sports has always intersected. To your point, Yi, um, I had a conversation with, um, with, with one of the NBA owners that I'm friendly with, and he said, listen, I would have no problem. You know, that term is stupid. He said, I would have no problem doing away with it. And, and by the way, you know, it's, it's a small thing to do, and he did treat them like that, and we show that in the doc. Like, he would go, and he would, like, touch his players like they were his prized pieces of right. meat. You know what I'm saying? And Chris Paul said he was like, look at Chris. Isn't he handsome? Yeah. Look at him. On stage. <laughs> he was on stage in front of a bunch of rich white people, brought Chris Paul and the players up, and he was like, look at him as he's touching them. Like, look at him. Isn't he handsome? Look at this guy. You know, like. Wow. Chris is handsome. Dude, that's not the point, though, man. And to be the owner, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's an athlete playing think- for you. It was, I it get was that because that feels said. like that feels very auction blockish. But I think that's a reach right. when it comes to the word owner because yeah, I was the gonna guy say this owns he, he owns, owns the, the franchise, he owns mm-hmm. the team. He doesn't own the players because if they he owned the players, the players wouldn't be allowed to leave when they become free agents or they wouldn't be negotiations like him and the players work together. Like he don't own them, he owns the team, the franchise. I, that's I would be with you if they were good actors. That's what I would say. If they weren't so many bad actors. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have taken that that uh, term and bastardized it. If it was and if the racial disparity wasn't so obvious. So if you had, you know, 30 percent black owners right now, it's just a term. Yes, they own that team, that asset. Now that's what it feels like. But the optics of it, when you have so many bad actors, Donald Sterling, it was one of the worst kept secrets in the league. What a bad dude he was, you know, right. so. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and if it was if all things were equal and it was just about the business term, but the reality is that you got a lot of bad actors, and the optics of it is that all those are white, all the all the owners primarily are white, and the majority of the players are black, and and that doesn't sit well with a lot of people, right. especially in a world right where you got Ahmaud Arbery is a reality. You know what I mean? Breonna right. Taylor is a reality. We got all these injustices in the world. And now sports, where you got people saying, yo, just shut up and dribble. We don't want to hear what you got to say about social issues. In that kind of world, that term is is trouble. I was going to ask, you know, you with you living in Atlanta and them open up in Atlanta so fast, did you go out? They partying it up in Atlanta. Georgia's is awesome. <laughs> Georgia is uh, wild, man. Hell no, I'm not out at the mall. No, my wife is at the crib. We're not playing that. And my family is not out there like that. Like, yeah, I'm not, you know, we will leave our house, like, but social distance. And we very rarely leave our house. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just, there's nothing to play with. People think this is a game, man. And, and you know, it's nothing to play with, period. So, no, I'm I'm not out. And I will caution all my, my folks that's like, hey, we open. Let's get these, get these nails done and let's go to the movies. Let's hang out and do the party. <laughs> Okay. All right. Be smart about this. That's what I would say. Be very smart. You no, know, I was going to say, um, what's the importance of, of athletes, and not just athletes, man, black people with platforms speaking up? How can you not? You know, you are a part of a group that is a minority group, that is a disenfranchised group that does not have power. So if you find yourself in a position like any of us, like an NBA player of football player, a big actor, if you find yourself in a position where you got a little bit more of a platform and a little bit more of a voice than the average person that looks like you, how could you not use that to speak up for those that don't have it, right? That's how I feel about it. So I think it's important. I think we're certainly seeing more of it now, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's it's not the same as 10 years ago. Like, you know, Jordan, listen, I don't agree with Jordan not 
um, you know, supporting the candidate in South Carolina, the black candidate that was running against Strom Thurmond. No, it was um, North Carolina. I'm sorry, North Carolina. Right, you would know. My fault. Um, I think he, I would have loved to have seen him lend his voice, but back then, you know, somebody in his circle could have argued, yo, you're going to hurt your Jordan sales. Like, don't do it. Think of self-preservation. Even though I don't agree with that mentality, you don't even have that as, as an excuse anymore, right? Le- LeBron, like even even Colin, after all of that, his endorsements went up. You know what I mean? So I just think that now there's no excuse to not use your voice for those that don't have it, especially if it's something that is good for the community at large and not just the black community, the human community. You know, I agree I with saying? you, right? And I wonder, I wonder about stuff like that, right? Because you think about LeBron. Even LeBron knows when to get quiet, when it might affect too much, like what, what happened with China, right? But sometimes do we need to protect those guys, like they may not be, they may not need to be on the front line using their voice because they're behind the scenes with their resources. You need both, Charlotte, man. You need both. Like you need you need Colin Kaepernick and you need Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm referring to the NFL, obviously, right? But you need you need somebody that's going out. And sometimes you're right. LeBron can be you know front and center and say what happened to Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia is you know a travesty. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he may feel like you know what politically with China. I'm not going to touch it. That's different. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I think we need both. I got I got two more questions for you, Will. Uh, you yeah, mentioned J.J. Reddick, right? How important is it for white people with platforms to speak out against injustice? I would argue that it is uh, of paramount importance. Dr. Martin Luther King has that quote about white moderates and saying that the biggest threat, I'm paraphrasing, but one of the biggest threats to black justice and equality is not the Ku Klux Klan, but the white moderate who believes in the status quo over justice. And what you're seeing right now is um, a lot of white people, white athletes included, who are appalled by some of the things that are happening in this country. But if they don't speak up, their voice rings way different than somebody that looks like the victimized people, right? So if you're on the side of privilege and you're on the side of traditional power in this country, you got a different responsibility and a different voice, and we need to hear it. It is, it is extremely important. Gotcha. Mm. All right. Well, Will Packer, we appreciate you for checking in, brother. Man, I appreciate y'all. Well, you know what I'm saying? This is family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and definitely there. check out Black Bald on Quibi. You can check it out right now. And uh, I'll open up for you anytime, brother. Anytime you want me to DJ <laughs> for you, I'll open up for you, brother. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to keep working not- on my bad DJ if I ain't done yet. I'm not gonna lie, that sounded that sounded wild because like the computer was going in and out. So all I heard was Envy would say, "Check out Black Balls," and then I'll open up for you anytime, brother. I was like, Jesus Christ! See that? Leave it. Leave it to you. Leave it to you. My goodness. All right, brother. (laughs) Bye, Will. All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Always love, brother. All right, Joe. Later. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Yes, everybody's still talking about this Michael Jordan, the last dance docuseries. And there's still stories coming out. Now, you know from watching the documentary, The Last Dance, that Michael Jordan originally wanted to sign with Adidas. Well, the reason why he stayed with Nike after he signed was because of his dad. 
Now, he was actively shopping for a new shoe company. He had been unhappy with Nike for several years. He said he broke his foot just three games into the season while wearing a pair of Nikes. The company was hoping to make him happy, and apparently he was about to have a meeting, and he had everybody waiting in the hotel conference room for four hours waiting for him to show up because he was playing golf. So apparently when he did finally arrive, he loved the new shoe design and he was in the parking lot with his parents and they scolded him. And that's what kept him from leaving the company just because the people from Nike waited there so long for him. It shows that they were very committed Mm -hmm. to Michael Jordan. So it seemed like the right move for his future. Anybody that would wait four hours. Wow. Yeah. So they were absolutely correct. Yeah, they were absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. His mom mom is what made him sign the Nike to begin with. So, yes, they they were absolutely correct. All right. In addition now, Horace Grant is coming forward, and he's calling out Michael Jordan. He's accused him. Michael Jordan had accused him of leaking information to author Sam Smith for his book, Jordan Rules. And here is Michael Jordan talking about that in the docuseries. I didn't contribute to that, and that was Horace. He was telling everything that was happening within the group. Well, according to Horace Grant, he says that the whole thing is lies and Michael Jordan has a grudge. Listen to this. Lie, lie, lie. When that so-called documentary is is about one person and he has the last word on what's going to be put out there, it's not a documentary. It's his narrative of what happened in the last quote-unquote dance. He said, I was a snitch, but yet still after 30 or 35 years, he brings up his rookie year going into uh, one of his teammates' room and seeing coke and weed and women, if you want to call somebody a snitch, that's a damn snitch right there. Then Horace Grant said that Michael Jordan will try to destroy your character if you go against him in any way. Here's what he said. 90% of it was, I don't know if I can say it on air, but BS. It wasn't real because a lot of things that he said to uh, some of his teammates, his teammates went back at it, but all of that was kind of edited out. It's only a grudge, man. I'm telling you, it was only a grudge. And I think he proved that during this so-called documentary when if you say something about him, he's going to cut you off. He's going to try to destroy your character. That's strange, though, because, I mean, Horace went against him on the documentary. On the documentary, Horace said that that was a damn lie, and he didn't tell Sam Smith nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like they edited edited him out when he said that. Right. Well, it looks like he just, I guess the two of them really just don't, I don't know, see eye to eye on now, something. Now, 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 that right there, you know, that makes me feel like, wow, that was actually a very um, authentic thing to do, right? Because it's not like him and Horace spoke about what they was going to talk about during the documentary. I feel like a lot of them was getting that information in real time. That's probably why it had the energy that it had. You know what I mean? When you when you heard those testimonials from people, that's why. that's probably why I felt as real as it did, because they were getting that information in real time. Well, Horace Grant also said that uh, Michael Jordan did send him an autographed pair of shoes for one of his charities. So he said, I don't understand if he has some difference with me. He could have texted me. He could have called me. But if I see him today, we would hopefully pay our respects to each other. But he said, if not, he's not losing any sleep over it. But it's a documentary, too. So, like, you're rehashing old stuff. So it's not not something you may think about every day or talk about every day. But when it comes up, you're like, well, this is how I felt about it. Yeah, see, I kind of, I kind of get the same thing. Yeah, I mean, this is how I felt back then. But if you need something for your charity, I sign these sneakers for you. I ain't gonna turn yeah. your charity down. I don't hate you, but I just felt like you did some f boy ish back then. What's the problem with that? And they and probably will never it's, see. It's eye not to, true. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll probably yeah, they never just, see eye to eye because because Michael probably feels like yo Horace did say this to Sam Smith, and Horace right. is like, no, I didn't. So that's just one person's story, and it's another person's story. That's all. You don't know what the truth is. 
All right, Usain Bolt and his longtime girlfriend, Cassie Bennett, have welcomed their first child. So congratulations to them. They had a baby girl. Mm-hmm. They publicly announced they were expecting a child back in January. So now he is the proud father and he's a girl dad. Um, and he's excited about that. So he did a whole Mother's Day thing last week and for all the mothers around the world and for his, quote, BM, Kasi. And now he's wishing everybody else, well, he did, happy Mother's Day. Okay. All right, LeBron James says that he did train for the NFL back in 2011 and even got a contract. Listen to LeBron and Maverick talking on the Uninterrupted podcast. Um, I had no idea how long the lockout was going to be. And, and myself and my trainer, my man Sears, we, we really started to, started to actually train to be a football player when it came to like October and November. We started to run, we started to clock our times with the 40s. We started to add a little bit more in our bench presses and things of that nature. We started to add more sled into our to our agenda with our with our uh, workouts. Did you get the call from Braun saying, hey, I might want to do this? <laughs> I did not, but I know he got a contract from Jerry Jones uh, that he framed and put in his office. Well, you know, I can understand why LeBron would want to play play for the greatest NFL franchise of all time. You know, he is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, so am I. Um, yeah, thank God he didn't, you know, because we don't need any more, uh, you know, we, we already got a circus going on in Dallas. LeBron right. would have just added on to the circus. It had been more cameras, you know, more attention for things yeah. other than actual football. So, yes, I'm glad that LeBron uh, didn't come play for my Dallas Cowboys. He didn't, didn't need that negative energy on him. It have been all no, bad. he's not negative. There's nothing negative about it. No, him. I mean, the Cowboys ne- need- negative energy. That's what I meant. The Cowboys negative energy. The Cowgirls <laughs> negative. Well, I mean, they both have a history of not really winning anything. You know what I mean? LeBron has won a little bit more than the Cowboys have in recent won. years. What do you mean? He's won Three. a couple times. Won, he won a few times. A little bit, mm-hmm. little bit more than the Cowboys have in recent history. But, yeah, okay. I wouldn't want to see that pairing. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. We'd like him to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him, please. All right. And then after that, don't forget, ask Yee. You can get on the phone lines right now, 800-585-1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yes. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, May 20th goes to Senator Ben Sass. Or Sassy. I like Sassy. No accent on the Edo. So Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. Now, Senator Ben Sass is being called out for comments he made during a graduation speech over the weekend. Uh, school board members for Fremont Public Schools are demanding that he apologize for his despicable remarks. Michael Peterson, I believe, is that school board member's name. And he said in a Facebook post that students deserve better. In Sass's online graduation remarks, Michael says the racism implying that our graduates are fat and lazy, disparaging teachers and attacking the mental health profession are despicable, Michael says. You owe the graduating students of Fremont High an apology. Now, 
As soon as I read that, I had to go listen to what this man said because I am an individual who pisses people off with my comments on the regular most of the time by accident, so I may not be the person to ask about potentially dangerous rhetoric or to judge potentially dangerous rhetoric because what bothers you may not bother me. Plus, y'all be overreacting and fake outrage most of the time, but after listening, I can see why you feel the way. I can see why you are upset because Senator Ben Sass did what I hate that a lot of politicians are doing during these commencement speeches, and that's using them as an opportunity to grind political axis. Let's listen to what Senator Ben Sass had to say about China. Congratulations, parents, teachers, and coaches. Not that there's really any meaningful distinction among those categories anymore at this point. If you're a parent, you're a teacher. Thanks a lot, China. You're going to say stuff at your high school reunion service ceremonies. Remember that time that China started a big global pandemic that created the worst public health crisis in over a century and brought the economy to its knees? You are graduating in the midst of two crises. We've got a public health crisis, which is real, and we've got an economic crisis on our hands, and all of us are going to be navigating that. And nobody knows exactly how we're going to beat this thing, but you know what? We're Americans, we're Nebraskans, we've got grit, and we're gonna beat this thing. We're gonna have to have a serious reckoning with the thugs in China who let this mess spiral out of control by lying about it. Oh, Senator Ben Sass called them thugs in China. See, that right there is how white people try to position people to be threats, okay? That is the primer to justify future attacks on Chinese people, okay? They haven't been doing that to black men our whole lives. That word thug puts a target on your back and people can justify doing harm to you and disregard your life because you just a low life thug, according to them. Oh, he's walking through a neighborhood with a hoodie on? Oh, you can kill him, he's a violent thug. Oh, he came into the store and stole a box of blunts and got aggressive with the person working at the register? Ah, he's a thug, you can kill him. Once you put that thug label on someone, you are lining them up to get got. We know that tactic. Now, if you're going to politicize these speeches and call out people, why not tell the kids the truth? Let them know the current administration full of thugs, okay? The current president, who I'm sure you voted for because you're a member of the Republican Party, let them know how he effed up. Let them know how he dropped the ball. Let them know how he called coronavirus a democratic hoax. Let them know that his failure to act for two months is what actually caused the American economy to come to a halt. Okay, all those layoffs, all those furloughs, the 90,000 deaths, the million-plus people sick. He gets a lot of blame for that. Okay, that global health crisis would have been tough for any president, but especially a president that didn't think it existed to begin with. All right, the economic crisis, the public health crisis, you can't say China let this spiral out of control. Donald Trump let it spiral out of control, but you won't tell the kids that because it's the truth. And you can't go around telling kids the truth, and you won't tell the kids the truth that because it doesn't fit your political agenda, and political agendas during commencement speeches are whack. Okay, what happened to telling kids about their future? All right, letting them know that they could be anything they want to be. Sky's the limit. You know, I want optimism at a time like this, not you pushing agendas and trying to shape my political narrative, okay? Now, the rest of this speech is highly entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I'll tell you why. If you ever see me at a comedy show and I'm laughing hard, it's because the person on stage is bombing. Okay, when someone is really hilarious, I am highly engaged and I laugh every now and then, but I don't like to laugh too much because I don't like to miss what the person is about to say next. But when someone is really smart and funny, I'm listening more than laughing out loud. I laugh on the inside hysterically. But when someone is bombing, like really stinking up the place, 
Oh, I find that hilarious. Okay, I might be in tears crying, looking like a weirdo because I'm the, I'm the only person laughing that hard. Okay? That is what Senator Ben Sass's speech sounded like to me. A terrible stand-up hosted by a guy with the worst dad jokes of all time. Senator Bass wrote a joke called The Rope. You like to hear it? Here it go. Graduates, adults don't tell you this, but once or twice a week in real-world life, someone's going to ask you to climb a giant rope. Sure, every now and then the rope is a metaphor, but honestly, most of the time, it's just a big rope, and you have to climb it. If you don't get that joke, talk to your mom and dad. Back in the day when we were a lot fitter than you people are, we used to have to climb ropes all the way up to the ceiling of the gym all the time. Nope. Shut they up, didn't dad. No need to ask my parents about it. They didn't get it either. And once again, don't insult the students. When you talk about people not being physically fit, start with President Plump, okay? Now, Senator Bass also has a problem with mental health professionals. Well, he said it's a joke, but there's truth in all jokes. He, he even admitted that. Let's hear it. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but you're not missing out on that much because honestly, nobody remembers anything about their high school graduation. In fact, a lot of us spend a lot of our lives trying to forget as much about high school as we possibly can. And in fact, there are a whole bunch of people who make a whole bunch of money by just trying to help other people forget high school. They're called psychologists. In fact, 95% of all gainfully employed psychologists, their job is really just to help people forget high school. And the other 5%, they just research hamsters who got lost in mazes, which, come to think of it, is a lot like high school, and that's why we want to forget it. Here's what I'm trying to say. There will always be money to be made in psychology. Now, that's a joke. Do not. If you're headed to college, do not major in psychology. That part's not a joke. Shut up, yes. Dad. Some people want to forget high school because some traumatic things happened in high school. And kids, Senator Ben Sass is an idiot. Go be a psychologist, okay? Don't listen to him. We need more mental health workers, more therapists, more psychologists, especially black ones. Go! Be great in that mental health profession. Now, last joke from Senator Bass that I will play is hilarious, and it actually brings everything back full circle. It's kind of a double entendre. Listen, and I'll explain. We all sort of do grow into our names. And by the way, that's why everybody named Jeremy is the worst. Sorry, Jeremy. Not my fault. Blame your mom and dad. First, what did people named Jeremy do to you? Shut okay, up, somebody Dad. named Jeremy clearly stole your girl back in the day in Nebraska and had her munching on, on their corn husker because you really are upset at people named Jeremy. All right, not to mention, how would Jeremy Lin feel listening to this speech? He's Chinese and his name is Jeremy, and you're going to say that he's the worst after calling Chinese people thugs? My gosh, what is wrong with you? All right? Look, Senator Ben, you're the worst, okay? People like you who try to be funny when you're not are really the worst. No, seriously. The attacks on China, the insulting psychologists, all that is horrible. But when you were in high school, you wanted that class clown title so bad but couldn't get it because your humor sucks, all right? Your senior superlative was most likely to fail at stand-up or maybe most likely to get you booed at the Apollo or most likely to go viral for saying something racist, ignorant, and to quote Michael Peterson, despicable. That is you, Senator. Okay? Congratulations, Senator Bass. Satan is proud of you. All right? Please let Chelsea Handler give Senator Ben Bass the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. Ben Sass, Ben Bass. It all rhymes with ass. And that's what his jokes were. Complete ass. 
All right, well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, up next is Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, hit Yee right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Wilson. Wilson, what's your question for Yee? Yee, I got a, uh, I got a problem with the baby mama. Okay. I felt like she set me up as far as having a baby, and uh, now I'm being raped. Okay, my, hold on. She's, how does she set you up as far as having a baby? Look, check it out. When you ain't on no contraception at all, mm-hmm. and you know you ain't on no contraception, that's the problem. But well, I'm you glad, participated, I'm right? You, I got the gun. Yeah. I got the gun, so I'm having a lot of fun, this, that, and the third, but hell, that's what we all Okay, do. so the, baby, the baby's here now. You had a baby with this woman, so now what? She's raping me. How is she raping you? This the the this paycheck I got it, it she okay. The paycheck, the taxes, mm-hmm. I got another baby mama own child support because I got custody of one child mm-hmm. and they get that as well. Okay, so this so sounds like know. an issue you have with the court, not with your baby mom necessarily, because you're these are court ordered uh, child support that you have well, to pay, it right? Begin, it all begins with her. Well, yeah, but she put you on child support and then it goes to the court and they decide how much you have to pay, right? I guess I shot myself in the foot, but it, it's still something that I got to deal with for mm-hmm. 18 years. Like, eight months of dealing with her, and then now 18 years? That math just don't add up. Well, let's concentrate on the fact that you have a child. You love your child, right? Correct. Okay, so let's focus on that. Now, all you got to do is make sure that you pay whatever is court-ordered child support. If you think those payments are unfair, then you need to go back to court and try to figure out how you can rework things. And that's all you can do at this we, point, but... You know, you brought a child into this world, and yes, you do have to take care of that child, and part of that is child support. And sometimes we might feel like those payments that you have to make are unfair. In that situation, you can try to see if you can get those payments lowered. But at this point now, the courts, you know, stepped in, and there's not much you can do. So what are your options? I don't have any options right now because we can't go to court. Right, you can't go to court right now. So I got an email, or excuse me, I got a letter from... uh the state's attorney, and she said, like, well, you know, you're not working two jobs or uh, the medical support wasn't part of the agreement, this, that, and the third, but it's like, it's only, it's, it feels like it's, a, it, it always feels like there's a setup. Like, it's more to the story than mm-hmm. what, what we have time for, but I feel like she set me up. Okay. Well, you can feel like that all you want, but at the end of the day, you have responsibilities you have to handle. You don't really have a choice when it comes to that. So, you know, you got a kid. You got to handle that. Are you okay, like, for yourself financially? Are you able to take care of yourself and pay all your bills? Hell no. You know where I'm at? I'm staying at my mama's house right now. Oh, my God. I can't handle All I can handle is each each week is something different. Car payment, oil change, or uh, taking care of my other kids and getting them what they need type. Like, ain't no me in this equation. Right. Well, you know what? Sometimes when you have kids, the kids got to come before you. 
So you got to figure out, like, what you got to do after this. And I think now is a good time to budget, to plot on those things, to figure out how maybe you're, if you feel like you're paying too much and handling too many responsibilities. But, you know, when you bring kids into this world and you got to pay child support to multiple people, it's like, it's kind of the bed you made. Or yeah, I forgot I forgot to say good morning to everybody. No, I'm sorry. I can see you're frustrated, Wilson. And I can understand that financial issues can be a strain on you, you know, and obviously you're living at home with your mom. You can't handle the things that you need to handle. But now is a good time for you to figure out how you can get your life together. You know, I do do a Wealth Wednesday segment, and a lot of that is about figuring out how you can save, how you can budget. And if that means that you also have to figure out going back to court and trying to get, you know, things lower because financially you can't handle it, then you need to do that. But you can't just complain about it. Sometimes you got to take action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the doctors say I need to talk about it, so I think I'm gonna talk about it on, on live tonight. No, you are not going to talk about it on live. You know what? Don't go on live and talk about it. I'm going to tell you something, too. You might, first of all, when you say things that you regret publicly like that, you can't ever take them back. It's going to be out there online forever, and your kids might see that one day. That's the point, to let my kids know what these women are about. Let me tell you something. Kids love their mom. They live with their moms, right, except for the one you have custody of. Correct. Okay. Do you want your child to be mad at you for embarrassing their mother online? You know, sometimes... Going through what and, you go through, it just don't care. You just sometimes you just don't care. Well, you should care. And strategically, you have to think about it like this: whatever you say online can be used in court against you. Whatever you write in an email, whatever you write in a text message, all of that will show up later on in court. So if you're trying to get your payments lowered or do anything like that, and they you go on live and try to slander your baby mom, she'll use that in court. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Yeah, please do. I, I can tell by your evil laugh that it doesn't matter to you, but I'm telling you right now, that's not the right right way to go about it. Okay. Thank you, you. You're welcome, Wilson. You need to talk to somebody like a friend, family member, therapist, whatever it is, to get things off your chest, but I'm don't trying. do it on live. I'm, Ain't nobody going to have no I'm sympathy trying. for you. They're going to be no, like, okay, now he wilding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Wilson. Bye. All right, bro. <laughs> Look. All right. Ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need advice, you could always hit ye 800-585-1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hello, hi. Yes, this is Veronica calling. Hey, good morning. What's your question for ye? Come on, okay, my question for you is, in this time, right, that we're going through, we got kids that watch certain shows, certain shows and certain cartoons. That's, that cartoon called, um, what is it called? Little Ron Ron by Run, Run Dean Fly. <laughs> okay. That cartoon right there is crazy because my 10-year-old son comes to me saying, Mommy, what does he mean by this? You got the mother that sound like the husband and the husband sound like the mother. And the mother telling the son that he doesn't have a son. I mean, a sister. And he goes, the sister goes in the father room talking about, yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. But my son is saying, mommy, he has a son. And in my head, I'm like, that's not a, that's not I me, mean, a sister. I'm like, that's not a sister. You know, the way they explain it is wrong. You know, it's, it should be on adult swim. It shouldn't be out at this point in time because at this time, that's when the kids are watching it. You know, What's your question all- for you, mama? What's your question? So <laughs> the problem is that your, your child is at home watching this stuff on TV, asking you questions, and you don't like the shows. Right. No, I like the shows. It's just that I feel like the type of show that's on, you know, during the certain, you know, during the certain time, 
it shouldn't be on, you know, at this time because certain kids watch it. So what do you tell a child, you know, what do you explain to a child that's watching stuff like that? Uh, do you know, do you guys know this show, Little Ron, it's called Little Ron Ron? Yeah, Little Ron Ron by Ron Dins and Fly. <laughs> Ma, just, just, you, uh, how about you, you tell your kids, kids you can't watch show? it? I, I, I mean, I think that'll solve it. If you have a problem with your son watching something, just tell him don't watch it or make sure that you're home. But as a parent, what do you explain to your child as far as, you know, oh, why they can't watch it? You know what I'm saying? You know, I think that, and I'm going to just say this for myself, like coming up, there was a lot of things that I was watching that I probably shouldn't have been watching. But I think kids have so much more access nowadays to things, you know, when they have a phone, when they have an iPad, when they have access to the Internet and obviously different television shows. There's so much more exposure, I feel like, than there used to be because we didn't have that access when we were growing up. And there's a lot of things you're going to have to end up explaining to your child, right? Right. But you would rather it come from you than from television. And I think kids are going to have to make a determination at some point. And I feel like this is a way for you to just make sure you're really proactive in educating your child on what's, what they're going to see and what they are seeing. Because there's a lot of questions that kids will have. And it is kind of an opportunity for you to start explaining those things because you said your kid is 10 years old, right? Yeah, I have a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. Yeah, and they're very smart, you know. So they look at Look at stuff like, like Crooklyn. I know y'all got a call, but like Crooklyn, they sit on the step and they, they, they sniff mm -hmm. glue. You know what I'm saying? My son's saying, Mom, what's that? Isn't that glue? Why, why they sniffing on glue and then they hide the stop? You know what I'm saying? Like right. stuff like and that's when you have to let them know things like that are wrong. But I do agree that you have to monitor still what your children are right. watching at home and make sure that it's right. things that are appropriate. So if that means right. that you have to say, no, you cannot watch that and change the channel, and that's not something that, you know, right now you as a child should be watching, then you have to let them know that. But I also feel like when they do ask you questions as an adult, it is in your best interest to be as honest and explain things as much as possible so your kids exactly. still want to come to you and ask you questions. Right, right. Right. Thank you so much. Really. All right. I'm sure that's a difficulty that a lot of people are having right now, too. A lot of kids are watching a lot more television than usual. And yeah, but sometimes you can curb you... that, though. You can curb that. Like, when my son, he's only Word. allowed to watch uh, the iPad uh, in the morning for, I think, maybe 30, 40 minutes. And then I let him watch it at night for 30, 40 minutes. And then... I know what he's watching. He does the Roblox thing, and my daughter, my older daughter, uh, plays with him with that. And then the younger ones in school, but like I curb what they watch. They can't just watch anything without me knowing. You know what I mean? They, yeah. If, if, if yeah, if your kids are watching something that they don't have no business watching, like ninety percent of that is your fault. Like yeah, the number one, you should that. be micro. You should be micromanaging them, monitoring what they're doing, and you can put blocks on goddamn near everything. Yeah. To make so I, when, when when kids are young. And I agree with that, and I, but I also agree when they do ask you a question because they have seen something, it is important for you to be honest as you should be with your children so that they know they can come to you and ask you anything. But I also know some parents are you know, having a harder time monitoring their kids because the kids are home now. And so some people who have uh, kids and they have to still go to work. And so they're leaving them in the care of other people or perhaps, you know, they're still doing things and the kids are watching more TV because sometimes that's easier than you having to micromanage them because you're working also. So I know uh, there's a lot of factors at play right now for parents who are having kids at home all day. I'll be honest, it's a lot easier now that I am home. I can micromanage the ish out of them. I see exactly what they're doing. I see what they're eating. I see, like, I see all of it. You yeah. know what I mean? But imagine from, if you had to work and you yeah, had to no, leave your child if you, if, in someone else's care. If you had to work, that's no different than your regular everyday life. Because if you got to work, you've always left your child in somebody else's care. They're at school, so they're always going to be. Yeah. Listen, and you can't, listen you, can't, you, you can't hide things from your kids. Yes, your kids are going to 
you know, experience some things and see some things they don't got no business seeing. But for the most part, you can if they, you can regulate what your kids are, are, are into if you're home all day, if you're around them all day. Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, so it's twofold. And, and, Just monitor, and, monitor what they're watching, and but when they do ask you questions, be honest. And parents, we can't be those people that just leave our kids in front of these devices either. Like, a lot of times we do that because we want a break. We leave them in front of the TV or we leave them in front of the computer or we hand them the tablet. You got to make sure you know what they're getting into, what they're watching. You can't just leave them for an hour or two and then get mad because they found something they ain't had no business finding. All right. Well, ask ye, 800-585-1051. You got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about Ludacris. He's explaining the lyrics in one of his songs that people had a lot of comments about that has to do with R. Kelly and having daughters. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Well, Neo's wife, Crystal Smith, and his ex-girlfriend, Monetta Shaw, who also has two children with him, had a conversation, and they were talking about their blended family. Now, as you know, Crystal and Neo actually filed for divorce earlier this year, but they have since Mm -hmm. reconciled. During coronavirus, they've been together. And Crystal was talking about different things, like how they were going through it, but they never did it in front of the kids. They never talked about that in front of the children, so the kids didn't know about anything. Uh, They also talked about the two of them actually coming together and learning how to be a blended family and be co-parents, knowing they're going to be in each other's lives. And here's what Crystal had to say. Those are my kids' mother. Like, they be like, why you call your baby mom? Because that, that's what she, like, regardless, like, as I said before, you're always going to be okay. in my life. So I like, you my baby mama. You know oh, what I'm saying? Lord. Like, <laughs> no, matter, no matter what, our kids yeah, have the best bond. and They so, really do. Right, so the two of them have to know that they are going to have to have some type of relationship with each other. And they said they didn't want it to be fake. So, you know, fortunately, they did reach out. They said they were never nasty to each other. Mm -hmm. So that was a beneficial thing. And I know a lot of people go through this where they have kids with somebody, they break up, the person moves on, and it's hard to get along with the new uh, person in your children's life. But it is important for the sake of the kids to have that uh, relationship. Kind of yeah, reminds me of Mishanda's situation, and she wrote her book about a blended family and her having to get along with Alicia Keys and knowing that her, her son would be around them and how important it was for her son to see that she was okay with things. Yeah, it took a while to get there, but, I mean, I think that's the best bet. You know, it's what's best for the kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, now let's discuss growing up hip-hop. We told you about Romeo and Master P having an issue with the show, and now we're hearing some other things from cast members. First of all, here's a snippet from Growing Up Hip-Hop with Little Twist. Apparently, Master P and Romeo wanted to have a sit-down with the cast members, and here's how Little Twist reacted. Romeo and P, they want to sit down. They want to have a sit-down with the whole entire cast. Tell them to call me personally. They can't come communicate nothing to no other man and get it to no man on this side and think that I'm going to move because such and such said to do such and such. That's not how I play the game. I hear you. I hear you. It was with everybody. You feel what I'm saying? They want you to come. I don't think it's no problem. You let me know how it go. I don't watch growing up hip-hop, so I had no idea Lil Twist was on that show, but Lil Twist sounded like he grew up around Baby and Wayne. Like Twist mm-hmm. sound, Twist sound like he needs respect on his name from all tree of y'all, Playboy. He sounds like he can. Well, little Twist, you touch. 
Also like he could have pulled up to places he he be at and people be at. He also took it to Twitter and said, I'm going to keep it 100. I find it kind of fake that now after five seasons, these people talk about how they being portrayed. I ain't even been on a full two seasons. These producers don't know me like they know y'all. Y'all been in a business with these folks way longer than I have, trying to make it seem to the masses that this ish is all scripted and written up to look like the way it's actually being shown. Listen, people, this ish is 100% real. Of course, the producer's going to do their job to keep up with what to keep up with what we are giving them day after day. So if it is fake, why I don't look like a weird-ass crybaby baby that's bitching over a joke? Or why I don't look like an N-word that paint his face and wear press-on nails? Oh, that's because I'm only giving these producers and the people that watch what I want them to see. Can't trick twist. Moral of the story, only give off what you want the world to see and don't get mad when they see it and make an opinion on it. It's TV. It was all good just a week ago. Now it's an actual coup N-word on the show. Everybody quitting. And that's also because Egypt just quit the show, too. And that's Peppa and Tretch's daughter. Jeez. It's some it's some truth in that. I mean, you know, when you're doing these reality shows, yes, a lot of things are staged, a lot of things are scripted, but they really can't, you know, do much without they they can only do with they can only produce what you give them. What you allow them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, which so so if you if you choose not to give them certain things, then they can't make you look crazy. So I understand what he's saying with that. Yeah, I know sometimes it's hard, though, because they'll put you in situations. I remember they did this to me, and they'll have you show up somewhere, and you have no idea where you're going. You're just waiting in the van, and then you come in, and you find out there's a whole situation going on that they try to well, look, put you in things to you make you respond. You could always just leave, respond. though. But listen, but, but, yeah, but listen how you started that statement. You said they put you in situations. Mm-hmm. You can all, yeah, like like Envy just said, you can always get up and bounce. But they'll tell right. you things like, "Well, you're not gonna make this show. You're okay. not gonna be in a. You're not I'm gonna good. be in a lot of this season. All right. Yada yada yada. Okay. And people be wanting that camera time. And yeah. they'll do okay. things like show you video of somebody talking ish about you, and so then you get a little worked up, like what? And it just be out of nowhere. And then sometimes people also do things that you know isn't real, or that you're like, "This is what this person said about me. I can't believe it." And so you just be getting mad, like yeah, but, right before you know, you're about to film. It's, it's like you said, I've been invited to, to be a part of uh, numerous shows, and I turned them all down because of that situation right there. I need to control my own destiny. This For them, it's it's ratings, and for them, it's, oh, this is perfect for TV, but for me, this is my family. And yep. how my family's portrayed and how my family looks and me keeping my positive energy around <laughs> my family is more important than anything out but there. But everybody's not... Yeah, they'll tell you one thing. I remember when I did that show, they had um, this one girl was talking about me. And what she said about me was so dumb. She said I wear fake Louboutins. It was the dumbest thing ever. What you do? I didn't really get mad. Shut up. But some people, and even if I did, I wouldn't care. You know, who cares? That's not a big deal to me. But some people would have been really mad over something like Man. that right before they filmed. But I was like, this is so dumb. People, people like to be on TV. Let's be honest. They like the attention. They like the clout. And some people are willing to do anything for clout. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and and that includes playing itself on a reality show. That's I think the best thing is to have no reaction when something crazy happens and you know they're trying to bait you and people try to put you in a situation where they want you to react and it's explosive and it's good for TV. That's when you just don't react at all and you just laugh. Mm-hmm. All right. Bow Wow, in the meantime, is responding to fans asking if he's retiring after the next album. And he said, F yes. He said, I have to get shy ready for... Now she wants to follow in my footsteps, so I have to shift my hustle. She's next up. We're going to own TV and film, daddy-daughter duo like no other. So it looks like the two of them will be doing something together. I think that'll be cute. His daughter's adorable. So Mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Make that transition. And lastly, I want to talk about a tribute broadcast that is planned for Andre Harrell that will air on Sunday. 
and it's called uh, Mr. Champagne and Bubbles. That is Andre Harrell's nickname. It was a show that he had on radio. There'll be tributes from Chris Rock, Mariah Carey, Jamie Foxx, Babyface, Naomi Campbell, Lee Daniels, uh, Clarence Avant, Russell Simmons, Kamora Lee Simmons, Robin Thicke, and more. It's going to air commercial-free on BET, BET mm-hmm. Jams, BET Soul, and on Revolt, which, as you know, uh, Andre Harrell was vice chairman at Revolt TV. So, right. again, a rest in peace to Andre Harrell. He was only 59 years old, and that tribute will be airing on Sunday. So we'll all be watching. Rest in peace to Andre Harrell. I'll definitely be watching that. Uh, Babyface, sorry, you're going to have to take that L on that wait and exhale thing that you're doing because I know that it starts at 8 p.m. for you on that Sunday. But we'll be watching Andre Harrell's tribute special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe baby didn't baby face, didn't baby face move it already it. because yeah, of he moved yeah. it. Yeah, he moved he it. He did, so he probably will change the time. I would assume. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Happy birthday to Buster Rhymes, man. Today is Buster Rhymes' birthday. Happy okay. birthday, Buster. Happy right, birthday, gonna... Buster. Oh, and one more birthday shout-out. Happy birthday to Notori. Notori Norton, today is also her birthday, so happy birthday to her as well. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Notori. Buster, Buster, you got a Buster mix coming or something? Yeah, man, I got to start the Let's mix off it. with some Buster, man. Shout-out to Buster Buster lot. I heard he mm-hmm. want a lot of smoke in these verses. I hear Buster's Buster. He's ready rock and roll. Buster ready yeah, rock Buster and roll. Yeah, Buster ready to get busy. Mm-hmm. Buster got so a dope catalog. I'm not yes. mad at that. So let's get into the mix. Let's start off with some Buster Rhymes. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, I know this weekend is Memorial Weekend, and a lot of us are stuck at the crib. So we're doing a, a pool party. Me and the wife are doing a pool party on IG. So we're going to be rocking out from uh, 1 to 6. Uh, so we're going to be playing a little bit of everything. Shout to Nori. Nori's going to be spinning reggae. Uh, shout to DJ Diamond Cuts. Diamond Cuts is going to do a set. And I'm going to do a set. So that's Sunday from 1 to 6. So you can tune in just to sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. We're going to be playing music, all types of stuff, throwback, uh, reggae joints, new joints. So that's Sunday from 1 to 6. And uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy that, man. We're going to have a little fun. And listen, man, I want to salute my guy, uh, Bakari Sellers. Bakari Sellers, uh, he put out his new book yesterday called My Vanishing Country. It's a great read. You know, if you grew up on a dirt road in South Carolina like we did, then you will truly... Enjoy this experience, man. Um, he, I'm actually, he's going to be on the show tomorrow. But, you know, if you're looking for a good read during this quarantine, uh, go grab My Vanishing Country by Bakari Sellers. Great, great, great read. Mm-hmm. All South Carolina stories must be told. Okay. And also, shout to Will Packer for joining us this morning. Will Packer stopped through this morning. He got Will the uh, joint on Quibi called uh, Blackballed. Blackballed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So shout I have to that, him. um... I might I might order Quibi for that, even though I missed out on the sixty day trial. I do. Quibi does have have Quibi does have a lot of interesting program um, programming. I'm intrigued by. And it's only what five dollars a month or something. I think it's like five dollars a month, and then maybe like seven or something if it's without commercial or something like that. Quibi's only five dollars. Ain't no way in hell. Yeah, I think it is. Hold on, let me look that up. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's not that expensive. No, I don't have it. How did you see Blackball? <laughs> you know, I'm because he sent us the link. We got it all in the email. Yeah, oh, I got, we got it in the email. Come on now. He sent oh, that to okay. us. I said, I know because you don't even got Netflix. You, you use yes, your brother's Netflix, right? I well, my brother has a family wow. one, so we each have our own profile. <laughs> Quibi really is so, only yes. $4.99 per month. That's crazy. And then $7.99 without ads. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I told you, it's, not, it's an app. The only thing is you could only use it on your phone right now. So I know people were like, well, you can mirror, mirror your phone, right? So you can watch it on no, TV? No, you can't. 
No, you, you can't. can't do that either? Nope. No. They were saying, and then you also, the problem, what they're saying now is that people like to watch TV while they use their phone. So that also is difficult. So they're just trying to figure out how to navigate All they got to do is make it to where, to where you can mirror it from the phone. That's all. Once they do that, they'll be fine. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, uh, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I do, man. Uh, I want to tell everybody out there, let go of all expectations. That's what you have to do. You know what I'm saying? Tell yourself every day, I let go of all expectations. I flow freely and lovingly with life. I love myself. I know that only good awaits me at every turn. Breakfast Club, bitches! You all finished or y'all done? 